You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Good morning. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm here with Greg Campbell and David Warren. Greg Campbell is a partner at Blue Panda Realty here in Ottawa. David and I are owners and mortgage agents with Referral Mortgages, also <laughs> located here in Ottawa, with offices in Northern Ontario and Toronto. Gregory. Oh. David. <laughs> how was the week? How I are think, you doing? I, I, I think the best part of the show is, is that intro that you do. I hate it. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, how can I Week's make this as been normal good. as possible? You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, I hate uh, talking. Anyways, I hate talking. You know, I hate saying my name and introducing myself, especially when people need know. to know. Yeah. <laughs> so how was um, the week? What's going on? What's uh, Greg, you look like you're in paradise over there. I'm in paradise. I'm outside. I'm very happy about that. My week was, uh, was great. I think last week we talked on the show. I had a bunch of losses back to back. I finally got a win over the weekend, which was great. It was very satisfying to, uh, you know, get something done. Um, got a new listing up in Canada. We could talk out, talk about in a bit, but, uh, you know, let's, let's get right into, into this new thing that we've got going on. Uh, as of next week, I think our listeners are going to be pretty excited about this. We've, we've partnered up with North brew coffee, local, local brand. Um, the owner is a young uh, entrepreneur named James Rankin. Uh, he was, uh, you know, very happy to partner up with this. This is one of their cold brews. Uh, their, their motto, uh, you know, coffee driving change. So I'm just going to read this on the side here, just so everybody knows a little bit more about North Brew. North Brew Coffee was founded with a strong mission, coffee driving change. As a company, we're passionate about helping those in need and driving change through supporting homeless shelters, food pantries, and other important causes in our community. So this is, this is a, a really great, company to uh to be partnering with i'm very excited about it as are our paul and david obviously here's some of their what's which brand elevation espresso i haven't tried this yet james i'm going to be trying this uh next week i had to finish what i had currently you know it's funny you showed us before i get started on something new you showed us that off air before we started and i actually thought it said coffee driving range i thought it was like a cool name they were doing (laughs) like you know this is the long ball we're gonna hit it deep within the morning you know like (laughs) the driving range driving change is much much more uh socially responsible that's amazing. That's amazing. Anyways, so um, there, we're going to have a promo code for any any of our listeners. It's a lifetime promo code, which is which is insane. Uh, so you're going to be able to get 20% off of every order um, and you help help the cause and you get delicious coffee um, and it's shipped to your door. Or you can, uh, did we get the, yeah, no, I got this one shipped. Anyways, this is delicious. So w- next week we'll be, uh, we'll be doing some uh, giveaways and some promo about that. And we're happy to help everybody's morning with uh, some coffee from North Brew. Uh, cheers to James Rankin for helping set this up with us. Yeah. And we also, to that point, to go along with the coffee, we do have the new mugs on order. So they will be here momentarily. And, uh, you know, we'll work something out so that uh, maybe... You know, the first few people that uh, that take advantage of that 20% off will also get uh, a tow rep mug to drink their coffee out of. What do you think? <laughs> I think everybody needs a tow rep mug to drink their, their, co- their coffee. 
out of (laughs) every day, you know, or morning Bailey's, whatever, you know, whatever gets you started. (laughs) Well, listen, so, so how was the, uh, how was the week gentlemen? Let's, uh, let's get into it. What's, uh, Dave, Dave, your mic sounds like your, your mic sounds terrible right now. I think you got the, uh, I think I got the computer mic going. I think it just switched. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was just reading an article before we came on actually, uh, on Bloomberg that was talking about, uh, they were polling Canadians and asking, you know, what do you think is the current issue with the housing market and, uh, so on and so forth. And, and they said their results showed that a lot of Canadians would be happy with interest rates going up because they hope it would cool off the red hot real estate market and maybe allow them to buy their first home. What do you guys think about that? I get it. But of course, I don't think it'll happen because the government's not going to allow that to happen. They don't really want anything to cool because they need the money to keep moving. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, they, they in the same article, they did uh, mention... Oh, Dave, just to be clear, we could hear you. It just wasn't coming out of that mic. So, um, yeah, so they did mention that they have no... They kind of reiterated that they have no plans to actually increase um, the overnight lending rate, uh, which basically drives prime and and the boring for for lenders and so on. So, I mean, rates aren't going to go up. I mean, they've kind of publicly stated that many times. Not that that can't change, but uh, they you know they they are waiting for. Um, it it has a lot to do with inflation, and that's kind of what they're they're waiting to see is making sure that uh, the economy does recover before they start raising those rates and. I think Dave, you know, you were mentioning that before that that's one thing that people aren't considering is that, you know, if rates go up, um, your buying power, like your affordability goes down. Right. So, uh, it would kind of be break even if, if the, if the market balances, but rates go up, uh, your cost every month is going to increase because rates are higher and that might mean that you're not able to buy a home, right. Because you can no longer afford it. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. Sorry, I'm trying to uh, fix my mic here at the same time. So <laughs> it's okay. Um, it looks I, hilarious while you're doing it. Yeah, on screen. I uh, no, I agree. I think I think it's kind of uh, a little bit counterintuitive. Uh, people wanting the market to drop in order to feel comfortable buying. However, you know when that happens, it's the same people that'll say, "Well, the market's dropping." I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. They're the same people that'll say, "When the market's dropping, well, you know, prices are coming down. I'm not going to buy." you know, the sky's falling. And then, you know, yeah. when they're going up, it's, uh, well, I'm not going to buy because, you know, I'm going to wait for them to drop or plateau. Now it's, you know, rate. It's, um, it's the same. I think it's the same people being interviewed for, you know, in the same situation. They're always going to have the same answers and, and going to be afraid or not wanting to get in the market. Um, and then down the road, you know, from a, uh, um, from a payment standpoint, yeah, rates go up. Well, if they're up back up to, you know, pre-pandemic, in January of 2020, rates were typical A rates with your major banks were 349, 339, things like that. So it's just, you know, at that, your, your payments are double what they would be now in a lot of cases. So are those same people going to be wanting to even to wanting to buy because their budget is going to be that stretch? Um, who knows? I think it's kind of, uh, I think it's kind of a funny reality. It's kind of a funny position about yeah. those people. You just, you just nailed it, man. And I mean, the, I think the only way that anything's going to really change in plateaus is as more listings come out, which, uh, you know, brings me to that point I was mentioning earlier. 
in Ottawa general in Ottawa as a whole, 302 listings in the last two days. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, you know? Um, that's the most I've seen. I listed a two store, a three story, two bedroom in Canada. Uh, there were only, there had only been like, I think three on the market in the last little while. And then all of a sudden three other ones came out the same day. So just looking at that stat alone, I think, uh, I think we're going to keep seeing more. Um, I've seen a lot of listings, not sell at offer time, which I'd mentioned before. I've seen more now. I've seen more raising their price after not getting offers. I've seen some cancel the listing, just come off the market because they weren't happy. They thought they were just going to make an extra 100K and they're not. I saw two sell in prime locations, uh, great properties that we all anticipated were going to sell uh, 100,000 over each. Uh, neither of them sold. One sold two days later at 10,000 over. Um, mm. Now, of course, that's not that's not standard, but it's, it's, also, it's not standard to for the market you know, we anticipated the high, high price sale. Um, and, and we didn't anticipate that. So I think the really special ones will still keep going, but I think overall it's definitely going to start to, uh, taper off. I know, I, I think I flip flop on this a couple, cause it seems like it's slowing down, then it's picks up and now it's, but now there's way more listings coming out than we've seen to date this year. So hopefully that, hopefully there, that uh, there... satisfies some of these people. Is there an area in town that you're seeing the most listings come out in? Uh, no, well, I mean the suburbs generally still, I think we're getting about, like, I'm just trying to think of that number that I, that I pushed out the 300. I think there was probably about a hundred and, uh, I want to say about 120 based in the suburbs, like the, the main suburbs of, of Orleans, Barhaven and Canada. Uh, the rest would be more uh, towards the city and and rural, but uh, you know, I think that people are starting to come back into the city too, a little bit. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a large uptick the last two three weeks of people getting pre approved, and um, you know we've still been doing seminars. I know Greg, you and I have had, uh, um, you know, Kevin and I have been working together with some of the clients that you've given to him. I mean, there seems to be a, a large influx of buyers hitting the market as well. So I'm. Yeah. I mean, the nice weather always increase, like creates a buzz, right? People are, uh, comfortable kind of being out and about and, uh, seeing what's on the market. So, you know, it'd be interesting now to see, I wish we could see like number of buyers and number of homes. Like I wish there was a, an actual number, like a, a registry almost of who's out shopping, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we could see what the actual, uh, house to buyer ratio is. Uh, cause that would be a very interesting stat to see over time and, and how that affects prices as well. Yeah, I mean, and from our, our personal online, uh, you know, just to go to, uh, you know, random buyers from our personal online lead sources, I think we landed about, I want to say maybe 25, 30 calls last week. You know, I, I think out of that, maybe one, maybe one, two might convert. We'll see what happens. But uh, that's, that's a lot for us. That's a lot. And we're not like a high budget online lead gen uh, platform or team by any means. Right. So I imagine there's some bigger teams that are getting like super, super high volume of calls right now. Yeah. And so there's a lot, a lot of buyers out there for sure. Are they all approved? No, not at all, (laughs) (laughs) but they want to buy a house. That's all that matters. Right. So it's, it's coming. There's, you know, that's process one day to one year, two years, who knows. (laughs) 
I think uh, I think I got my mic back. Just uh, just so you everyone did. knows, and everyone feels uh, safe and secure. Just to uh, you know, <laughs> I feel so I feel, safe. When I that feel voice way is now. paradise. A lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll I be bet. able to we'll be able to sleep tonight. Um, That's now, funny. Greg, you had you had kind of mentioned to us too, and you you touched on it in that uh, when you're talking about the listings, but you you had mentioned that there was a fallout from sellers not getting what they want and relisting. So, do you have any yeah. kind of specific situations where you've seen that or, or anything um, that, that had to do with well, yeah, that's kind of something. what I said. Like I, I actually have a, a specific number based on uh, what happened around people that I was working with specifically. So there was, there was five listings that I showed in the last week and a half. Um, and out of those that didn't sell on offer day, we chose not to offer on offer day. Uh, three of those are now canceled. They relisted about 75 to 125 higher. Actually one listed 200,000 higher. Like, come on, that one's canceled. Uh, two other canceled, one sold at list price. So one raised their price 50,000. They sold exactly at that price. And there's another one that's conditionally sold. So maybe they'll get that price. Maybe they won't. I think they probably will because it's in the range of, of what it's true value is. Um, and then there's another one that we saw that we actually offered on uh, in Orleans, there was two offers, uh, listed at 600,000, both offers declined. Uh, agents said the, uh, sellers, uh, are looking for $700,000. And we said, she's like, can your seller do that? I'm like, well, no, they're, they're not approved for $700,000. We wouldn't have come and seen your house and submitted an offer, uh, knowing at offer time that you had no other offers until the other one came in at 600. So we offered them 625. They declined. They said, uh, 700,000. We said no. And then they said, would you take 680? We're like, well, no, we're still not approved to 680. We're not approved over 630. So that, well, no, they can't do it. Sadly, that property is still sitting on the market seven days later. And it'll probably still be sitting on the market another (laughs) another seven (laughs) days later. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. The funny thing about that is... Like, do you want to, your offer of 625, the other people, you know, probably around that as well. Do you want to pay 700? No, because supply and demand is not dictating that. Like your home value based on what the buyers want to pay is not worth that. So no, we're not going to overpay um, and and get shot in the foot with appraisal with this and that, or that from a qualifying. Um, That's such a funny, it's such a funny game of, uh, of the canceled and relist, uh, you know, these, because, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I find, and we talked, we, you know, we talked about it a couple of times, but, um, a lot of realtors that are, you know, potentially inexperienced going into these listing appointments saying, I will get you X amounts or just saying, we're going to list your place at this and get you this amount, as opposed yeah. to having real conversations with their sellers of this yeah. is what the market is. This is what the market value is. You know, this is the pricing, you know, this is the pricing strategy as opposed to just blowing, you know, blowing smoke, uh, just to win that listing. So they could say they got a listing. Um, and this, and this is a big problem. And I think we're going to see more of it because me personally, like I would never, uh, you know, take a listing, you know, I always set reasonable, like realistic expectations. I would never take a listing or I would never keep a listing if I was working with somebody and they said, I want to relist it. And I'd be like, good luck. You're fired. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I'm, that's not how, how I do business. And I would feel like I'm deceiving the market, mm-hmm. you know? So for me as, as a professional, there's no way that I would ha- want to have that tied to my reputation. Forget it. Now, I mean, the well, ones, happy. a lot of the ones that this happened to, one of them is like a very high profiled agent. So I was kind of surprised. Um, but two of them are actually, you know, uh, 
It's the uh, the other guys. Noobs. They don't noobs. really need to care. Need to care about. You know, <laughs> really need to care about it that yet. But you know, it'll come. It'll come back to them at some point. Hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, I actually really uh, appreciate you holding out on the price because that's those are the sorts of situations where clients are like, you know, what, let's just do it, and then the appraisal comes in light, and then the fingers just start getting pointed. You know, it's like, well, you know, you told us that we could get it, you know, and then it's just it just creates a, a clusterfuck of for prices and and in the market, and that's what we've been seeing is all this kind of wild west negotiations, yeah. right? And, and uh, uh, you know, off the record discussions and, uh, you know, poor strategy as Dave kind of mentioned as well. That's it. Like there's one I, I listed the other day in Canada and, um, you know, I told them, I said, all the numbers lead to this number. I said, but I'm not going to, we're not going to list it at this number because I don't think that we're going to get the action that we need at that number. I go, but based on what the previous list prices were, the sell price should be somewhere close to this. I did say, however, I go at this price, I go, we need to be prepared to deal with this price. If that's what happens because the market's changing so quickly. And I, and I re I, I said that again this morning, um, based on other listings coming out that are similar, not as nice. So that was a positive, but I just, I had to, I have to keep confirming it because I can't be stuck in that. You said, you said, mm -hmm. it's like, I advise that it's possible and the numbers show that it could work, but you know, it's very tricky. You got, you got to make sure that everyone is listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, num the numbers don't lie. You know, this, mm, like exactly. what this recent sales are, you know, in that area for identical product, it's, those are the numbers to try and say that, you know, to try and set an expectation you're going to get X dollar amount over that is just, again, blowing smoke to that, to that seller. Um, yeah. When there's, there's nothing to support that. And again, that's also something where that, that you're, you know, on our side from a financing side where the appraisal, where the appraisal is going to not going to come in because it's an outlier at that point. Right. Um, and then not, you know, and you have that issue of potentially not supporting, depending on what that variable is, obviously appraisers, you know, build in a little bit of a, a percentage increase in value, you know, knowing that, uh, the market is going up, but, um, Yeah. I think it's, again, I think it's just communication for any, uh, for any realtors that are listening, have those honest conversations and, and you can't feel desperate that you have to just say what you, what you, what you think the client wants to hear in order to win that <laughs> listing. You know, it's the worst way to live your life anyways. Yeah. <laughs> just saying what people want to hear. Forget it. Yeah. Your life's going to suck. I think, I think it's, de it's desperation. Like a lot of times it just comes to desperation for, you know, if it's a, if it's an, an, uh, an inexperienced or, or an agent that doesn't have many listings or, or much going on, yeah. um, that they're, you know, they'll do anything to get that, to get that deal or get that listing. And it's just, you know, ends up, it's going to end up shooting themselves in the foot and, and possibly even, you know, lose out on that listing because the, because the seller sees right through them. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. 100%, I, I, you know, man. Yeah. People are a lot uh, more People are a lot more uh, in, t in tune than, than you think, especially when it's, especially when you're talking about buying a, uh, you know, $600,000, $700,000 purchase, people are pretty dialed into those conversations. Like they're, they're listening to what you're saying and they, they are taking your advice. Um, right. One thing I appreciate again, though, Greg, with what you said is that your buyers knew what their numbers were. And even if they wanted to go to 700, like we're not in a position to do that. So like, it's not on the table. 
you know? No. And, and to be fair, that specific home, I told them, I said, in this market, this house is worth six fifty. I go, but there's no offer. So let's, let's definitely go try it and see what happens. And the other one was still also under that six fifty price point. So, mm-hmm. you know, D- Dave, I, I had a question, you know, just, um, well, for both of you guys talking about appraisals again, cause something popped into my head yesterday. These two in the area I was talking about earlier where the sales didn't happen, um, a hundred and 150,000 over where four weeks ago, this exact, pretty much the same house, maybe a little bit nicer sold for a hundred thousand over and the other one for 150,000 over. Now these two that just sold or one's not sold yet, but we'll sell at list. And the one that sold it at just over list price, when what happens to the big ones, um, when it comes time to close, if the lender decides to go back for a second appraisal or something, does that ever happen? Like they're, they can legally do that, no. right? No, they can't. Okay. Yeah, so they can I mean, only they're not do gonna, the one. Yeah. They, I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they'll do the one and, and we've had it before where, and very recently where we ordered an appraisal, it came back, you know, light. We, I mean, again, the benefit of dealing with a mortgage broker, as opposed to just dealing directly with your bank is that we're also an intermediary. So, you know, we ordered an appraisal, right. um, you know, it was, uh, I think it was one of Paul's clients, uh, about a month ago, appraisal came in a little bit light. We thought we kind of looked at it. We, we went through it in depth and we said, you know what, let's, let's order another one. So we paid for the appraisal for a second one and we ordered a second one and we were able, and, and we gave the reasoning why to the appraiser of why we believe and and everything in between, why we believe it should be, you know, X amount right. higher. And we were able to get that second appraisal. And then and we're like, it came in on value and we submitted that one to the bank. Um, you know, we basically, because we looked at the original we got, it was slightly off. Um, but by the time we ordered another one, there was something else came up back on the market uh, or came on, the, you know, sold and there was other factors. And, and so, but we, again, being that intermediary, we were able to read that report, say, you know what, let's get another one, a second opinion. And we, we incurred that cost and we ordered another one without the client even knowing, um, because we wanted to do right by the client, obviously. And, uh, and we were able to then hit the value and submit that dealing with your bank directly. They're ordering it blind. That advisor doesn't care. They don't even see it. They're just ordering it and it gets sent off. It comes in a hundred thousand light. They're not, they're not looking up comparables. Like when we order an appraisal, we're looking at, we'll talk, like we're talking to the realtor. We're talking, we're looking at comparables, finding out, you know, what something might be at. And we're reading that report before it goes into the bank. It's not getting sent in blindly. So um, that's where, you know, where we kind of act as that. So, so, so there, so if, if, uh, so I get it. So like, if you request a second appraisal based on what you think the true value is, I mean, that, that's, that's one thing. And you, you're saying that it will never happen where, uh, if the market shifted, someone could catch wind and then the lender could send out a second I, appraisal. If it like it, was, if the numbers just seem so skewed to bring the years, price down. Yeah. In yeah. eight years, I've never seen that. Okay. Um, All right, cool. I, 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 I will, I will never use the word never. Um, right, yeah. cause I, you know, I, I'm <laughs> bank, you know, at the end of the day, until the deal is closed, <laughs> the bank can really like ask exactly. for anything um, until like, until you have keys in your hand, really the bank can ask for any documentation at the last minute. And right now I'm dealing with that this morning with a client um, new to Canada money coming from overseas and, you know, was told it was broker complete, meaning all documentation for the client signed right. off on. 
but they came back yesterday asking for a whole slew of new documents for bank statements for proving, you know, where this funds came from overseas. It closes on next Wednesday. You know, these documents are in, you know, Korean. I have, to, I already paid to have them translated the last round. I'm having to now rush to pay the, to get these translated uh, today. I'm, you know, before coming on air, I, I was going through these and, uh, and, and pack, getting them packaged together for the translator. Um, but again, we were told that it was broker complete, meaning that all this is slang for on our side that the documents are signed off on, but it got caught. It was, you know, it goes to pre-funding audit, meaning pre-closing. They have a separate department that checks on any money laundering, um, that checks on like, you know, revisits all the income documents and all that. And if they find something that they aren't, you know, like aren't sure of, they'll ask for more documents. So it happens. And so to your question of, well, you know, can this ever happen? Potentially? Yes. It just, uh, you know, I have never seen it, but, um, yeah, I mean, if the market, if the, the sky fell, then maybe then it possibly it could, uh, could happen. But typically when, when appraisal, like they have, they have approved appraisers lists. So banks have specific appraisers, a list of appraisers that they will accept appraisers appraisals from, and they rely on those, appraisals uh, and those appraisers and those appraisers have separate insurance, you know, that if there's an issue with value or something like that, you're on, you're on mute. I think, but uh, Greg, by the way. Um, yeah, I am. Cause yeah. there's that lawnmower thing that we talked about. It's finally <laughs> happening. So I'm just... All right. The uh, yeah. If the, uh, you know, the appraisers have insurance that if their value comes in light and they have to foreclose on a property or something like that, that the appraisers insurance kicks in for, for covering that difference, things like that. So um, I think that's where that would, that's play. cool. I, I didn't realize that appraisal insurance kicks in if there's a discrepancy at yeah. closing. Yeah. And, and, that's and banks cool. will, and banks will block, will actually cut off uh, appraisers. So if they find that certain appraisers are, you know, being too flexible with value, you know, overpricing them and or overvaluing them rather. And, and a bank gets caught, hold, you know, holding the bag that they go to, you know, there's an issue with the financing and they're left with a property. That's no, you know, the appraiser says it's worth 700, but really it's worth 500 and they, the bank loses their shirt. They'll cut an appraiser off, meaning they won't accept appraisals from that appraisal firm any further. Um, and, and they kind of blacklist them. So there are steps that the bank takes to, to mitigate that. But, um, yeah. Long story short, there's, uh, there are other checks and balances in, in the, uh, in the cog, if you will. What, uh, oh, what you need, what, what you need to say to that, uh, to at least to the Korean bank <laughs> is, uh, well, what was it? That means I don't speak any Korean. Do you speak English? <laughs> how is everyone? Everyone how, in how do, unison. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, and how do you know that? Uh, I had a friend that I worked with at Bell that used to teach in Korea. And that was the only thing he taught me how to say. And for whatever reason, it's just ingrained in my head. He's like, if you ever talk to someone who's Korean, just say that. So at least they know you don't speak Korean. And then hopefully they know some English. That's <laughs> right. unreal. That's yeah. great. I should get you on the phone with my client, even though he's just, very, he's, it's he's just fantastically fluent in English and, and the nice and the like salt of the earth gentleman. But, uh, I think he, that would blow his mind if you got on the phone and, uh, <laughs> and said that too. So, funny story, actually. Greg. Yeah. I'll, I'll say the story. Him. Yeah. I, I won't, I won't name names, but I had a client, uh, I had a client this week that was referred by one of, uh, Greg's colleagues and, uh, we were chatting and, and his accent just sounded all too familiar to me. And it, he, 
clearly was he well he he had a Ugandan accent and I could hear it right away just from the way he was talking. So I asked him. I said, I said, I have to ask. I said, uh, I said, where are you from originally? He's like, I'm from Canada. Like you know, and I always feel weird asking people because it's like. Yeah you know, like clearly he doesn't want to talk about it, but like, I can tell that you have an accent and like, I, I recognize the accent. So, uh, he's like, Oh, he's like, uh, I said, I was going to guess that you were from, uh, from, uh, Uganda. And he was like, what? And he was like blown away. And I was like, Oh, thank God. He's actually from Uganda. I said, yeah. I said, I speak a little Luganda. And he's like, no. So I gave him a couple greetings in, uh, in Lugandan and he was just like, his <laughs> brain just exploded. He was like almost crying on the phone. He's like, Oh my God. He's like, this is amazing. Like just was so yeah, happy. Client, that, uh, client locked in. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So we talked basically for like 20 minutes about, uh, the beauty of Uganda and then like two minutes about his file. I'm like, Hey, well, I'm just going to send you an email and uh, we'll go from there. But yeah, and, that's great. And, and for all those that don't know, Paul Paul's been to Uganda a few times and uh, and volunteers with a boys and girls club out there, so he's uh, very familiar. So that's where the, uh, the I will retire in Uganda. Is. That's my plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Rick, Ricky. A few weeks ago, learned I played basketball. Now he he's realizing I'm. Uh, you know, I speak 25 languages. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Greg, you had some news though as well about your uh, your yeah. beautiful wife had a, a, a song that uh, is being yeah. put out today. Thanks, Paul. So everybody, when they listen to the show on, uh, you know, the intro and the outro to the show, that's my wife, Anna. And she is a vocalist and we do music together. So we're just starting a big push on some new songs that we're going to be putting out, both her solo um, some stuff we're doing together for my project. And then we're doing um, kind of like a retro fun project, which is going to be amazing. That's coming up soon too. Um, yeah. So we're working on a lot of music, but for the first song uh, that we put out now, it's a, it's a remix of a, from her band, the Hornets from 2013 called nothing but a song. We started the big push today. So it's on all streaming platforms. I mean, you know, the, the big ones and the little ones, but it hit Spotify, YouTube music title. Uh, maybe we'll add the link um, into the show notes on uh, when we, when we post up on YouTube and back on, on here next week. But uh, you can go to her page, Anna Stova, Anna Stova music. Um, or if you want to click the link, you can just go to my personal Facebook page nothing but a song, big stuff, remix it's out now and we're doing a big push. So any support that we can have from you guys, you listening, go in uh, and check it out and we'll probably toss have it, a YouTube, toss it in the uh, chat, something right? up on YouTube as well. Toss, toss it in the, the link chat. in the chat. Yeah. If you can, uh, yeah, this I can do that. Song is straight fire. Oh yeah. And it just showed up. Anastova has six new views. I want six new likes, <laughs> not six new views. <laughs> I need subscribers Guys, immediately. Come on. <laughs> Smash that button. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's exciting uh, though. Yes. It's been a it's yeah. been a while since she uh, put out some music and, and, and you guys have collaborated together on some music. So it's excellent. Yeah. Thanks man. And, and it's hard. Cause it's like, it's really all we want to be doing, but you know, uh, life, uh, work, family, you know, comes first, but now we've kind of got it dialed in where we, uh, we're one day we'll all be doing art. One day we'll just be doing art every day. You know? Well, mm. art is the uh, art is the language. Hold on, what's going on here? Sorry, guys, I'm trying to put this into the the the. Uh, why is that not showing? Um, hold on, I think this will work. Well, while uh, while Greg figures out uh, yeah. posting the link, mood boost. We'll, uh, while while he he does that, maybe uh, Paul, we can get into the uh, get into the mood boost. 
Yeah, I was just I was just realizing that uh, I hope my friend wasn't messing with me. I hope that wasn't something derogatory that I just said in Korean. You know, <laughs> like oh, he thinks it means this. You know, some some uh, one of our <laughs> Korean listeners is going to be like, ah, uh, you shouldn't be saying that on air, sir. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> hop into the mood boost. So I got four today. I like them all quite. Go for it. Number one. How did the telemarketer propose to his girlfriend? He gave her a ring. <laughs> that's, that's actually one of my favorite ones. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Number two. What do you call an everyday potato? A commentator? <laughs> Driving down the street, I saw a sign that said, watch for children. And I thought, sounds like a fair trade. nothing and then the last one charles dickens walks into a bar and orders a martini the bartender asks olive or twist (laughs) those are the man i'm telling you this is like this has to be one of the best parts of the show we're good you know what we need to you know what we need to do stephen hopkins we're gonna have we're gonna have to pay stephen hopkins more to put together all the mood boosts and just a segment of the mood a boosts. 30 minute mood boost just yeah. ding, 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 back ding, to back we'll just fire <laughs> some just like fire light with some cylinders. with some light jazz underneath ding da, da, ding da, da, ding <laughs> just playing the whole time mood boosts i would i would Amazing. love to also know if uh if there's anyone watching or listening who's under the age of 30 that got the charles dickens do- joke please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> there are some learned youngsters out there People just want martinis right now, I think. Patios and martinis. A hundred percent. And some martini madness. That's what we need. Yes, sir. We do. Yeah. Also for good cause. Well, let's wrap it up. I mean, let's uh, let's just reiterate again that we we have an amazing new partner in uh, North Brew Coffee. So next week, we're going to be able to let everyone know what the promo code is, and you'll be able to get a lifetime 20% off uh, all coffee purchases on the website. And uh, it's for a good cause. It's uh, driving change, not driving range. And uh, yeah, there it is. North Brew. And uh, and we'll also have the mugs coming next week. So we'll make sure that uh, we get a little uh, little little discussion going and get everyone who wants a mug a mug. So you guys can uh, follow along with Toe Rep every Friday. And just a reminder, we do record here live every Friday, 10 o'clock. And then Tuesday mornings, we release the edited kind of polished version on all your podcast platforms. And then we actually released the full video as well on, on YouTube. Any closing remarks? You know what? That was, that was a great show. Great show. I love (laughs) you guys. It's always good chat every week. I want to give a shout out to, uh, I want to give a shout out to my good friend, Nick Trombley. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday. Uh, I know he's an avid listener as well. So little love, little love. Uh, We'll be back next week. Everybody have a great weekend and uh, let us know if you want to chat real estate, we'll uh, make sure that our contact information's in the, uh, in the vid and uh, hit us up. Let's have a conversation. Let's do it. (laughs) Get to town. All right. Later. (laughs) See ya. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. 
Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.